So September 5th, 2015, was one of the most important days of my life. It was the day that my wife and I, Hannah, got married. If you, if you don't know Hannah, okay, so on Sundays, if you're here, uh, she's the one of the tutu, okay? And guys, she's off limits. She's mine. That's my wife, okay? But September 5th is when we got married, and the best part about a wedding is all your friends, your groomsmen, bridesmaids, all your friends from all over just a state and multiple states come in just to be there at that moment to witness you guys making a promise before the Lord. And not only that, but your family is there and also the food, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's always good. Come on, amen, brother, amen. But it was one of the most special moments of our life. So I just wanna kinda walk you through what happened that day, okay? One, Hopefully one day y'all all, all um, get married if you do. Um, but it's a very emotional day, okay? It's emotional roller coasters. You're laughing, you're crying, you're anxious, you're crying for joy, you're just, you're just crying a lot, okay? I don't know why, but you are. Just emotional, okay? And there's this one, there's one moment when you're standing at the altar and you find, guys, this is the moment. So remember this. You're standing at the altar and you finally see your soon to be wife for the first time that day down the altar, okay? And this is the first picture. There's me and my boy Michael, brothers, okay? And I just saw Hannah walk down the aisle. This was before the floodgates started, okay? I tried to hold back. I was about to start crying, but that's when I saw it. That was the moment. Hey, that, that moment right there is so special. Next one. Um, and th This is during the message, that's Michael bringing the word, and he has me laughing because he's making a joke about Whataburger and how much I love to eat there. And he also talked about how our first date night was Whataburger at like 11 p.m., which, hey, it worked, okay? So guys, bring a girl to Whataburger if you like them. Done. And this is another picture right before we said I do, and I gave her a big old smooch. We were so happy. Then this next one, we just got married. We said yes. We took all our pictures with all our friends. Very special moment. And then the next one, we're on that dance floor with everybody. Oh, you say, okay. I don't know what I'm doing, okay? I don't know. I think I'm doing the, old, the, the fishing pole, you know what I'm saying? You reeling them in, hey, you know? You know what I'm saying? I think I'm doing that. I like, Hannah, come on, girl, my wife, hey, what's up? Judge me, I know. And then... The next one, one of the most important parts why it makes just the whole wedding just awesome is the dessert. You know what I'm saying? We got the brownies. We got the cupcakes. We had donuts. Every dessert. Yeah, this is, this is definitely my wedding, our wedding, okay? <laughs> All the dessert you can. And then we also had some ice cream. This was a good picture. The camera guy got Hannah. <laughs> it was awesome. Right before we left to leave to go on our honeymoon, got her. And we ate that on the way up there. But it was just such a memorable lifetime experience to make that promise with my best friend 
my wife Hannah to be with her the rest of my life. And with all the family and friends there, it was just a moment, a day that I will never forget. Today, we're going to talk about a parable that Jesus compares a wedding banquet right here that we just saw, a wedding banquet to the kingdom of heaven. If you have your Bibles or your phones, you want to keep track, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. So a little background, Jesus has just came into Jerusalem. Okay, they're about to celebrate the Passover. This is a holiday to celebrate what God has done for them. So they're remembering what God has done. Jesus is there. He goes to the temple courts, and all these Pharisees and religious leaders are there, and they're doing business in the temple. Okay, that's a bad day. So Jesus is there kicking over tables. Why? This is the house of the Lord. Why are you selling? Why are you doing these things when you're supposed to be praising God? And the religious leaders are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is this dude? Why does he have the authority to say these things? And Jesus says, come on, man, come on. You all gather together. And he starts to tell them these parables. So he is talking to mainly the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those people who have rejected him. So he's talking to them at this moment, verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. So the king, the most important person of that nation, the ruler, he prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Okay, this is a big deal. For the common folk of that time, if a king was having a banquet and you got invited, come on. I know there's going to be dessert. You know, I'm going. I'm going. You invite me there, food? Huh? I'm there. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. It'd be like Taylor Swift calling us and be like, hey, I want you to be in our wedding. Be a grooms and be a bridesmaids. We'd be like, I'm there. Come on. I will be there. That's awesome. That's how big of a deal it was. So he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. He sent out his servants and invited them to come. And they said, nah. The king, most important person in the nation of their group. And remember, the king is like the man. He has very nice stuff. He has very nice things. This is a very elegant wedding ceremony. And he's saying, hey, I want to invite you all to come, but they refused to come. Verse 4, then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. This expresses urgency. The king's like, okay, you don't want to come, that's great. But hey, hey, no, come to the wedding banquet. Come. Like, I fixed my food. I killed my calf. I got the cattle. We oxen ready. We got food on the table. Come, come now. Let's go. This is going to be the most memorable moment probably of their life. 
this wedding ceremony, and the king has invited them to come, and they said, nah. He said, the dinner is ready. For Valentine's Day, Hannah and I, we've made a tradition to always go to Taste of Texas. Come on, it is delicious. So we'll always get there, and if you go to Valentine's Day, and Lord time or everyone else goes, okay, there's usually a long wait because it's so good. You get there, there's like, could be up to two hours. You're out there eating peanuts, you're hanging out. Then you get inside, hello, come to the table, great. You get down, order your food, and then you go to the salad bar. I love the salad bar. You get, you get everything, it's unlimited, that's why probably I like it. But then you get to the best part of the whole thing if you've been there. The block of cheese, okay? If you've never been there, there's this big block of cheese, and they have a little shredder, okay? And you can put as much cheese as you want on there. So like, hey, man, stop getting cheese. Like, you put as much as you want. <laughs> I got a plate of cheese over here. And then right next to that, there's a big oven of rolls. Unlimited. <laughs> okay? <laughs> no wonder I love this place. Then you can go sit back down, and you wait for your steak to come out, and, and it's Amazing, we always have so much fun. And you get a big old chocolate cake at the end. This is our tradition. The king is saying he has prepared his finest meal. This would be like going into that place, takes to Texas, there's a long line, you go, oh no, VIP, I got the fast pass, bro, see ya. Skip the line, you keep walking. You go all the way up to your table, Mr. Freeman, come sit this way, thank you. So you just keep walking. And you sit down, and the block of cheese is right next to you. And you already got your salad ready, and you're just, man, this is awesome. You sit there, you eat it, and then they're like, Mr. Freeman, here's your steak, perfectly temperatured, and then there's your sides right here. Then you got the cake right there ready. He says, the food is already ready for them. This would be the nicest food probably that they've ever had because it's been prepared by the king's people. It is prepared. Not only that, he said, and everything is ready. So come to the wedding banquet. Right after I proposed to Hannah, we were on vacation in the middle of a blizzard. That's another story. But she said, yes, thank you, Lord. And Lord works miracles. But we got, we got back and we got back to the room. We were about to celebrate. And she, I was wanting to play games with the family and stuff. And she goes, no, I can't. We're trying to have fun. Come on, we're engaged. She goes, no, I got to work. Work? We're on vacation. I got to plan this wedding. I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, babe, we're still in the celebration phase. Let's just do that later. We get home, and then <laughs> we home, and we come in to her. We get in, yeah, to her room, and she pulls out. I got to show you something. I was like, uh-oh, what is this? She pulls out two big binders, three inches thick. I've been preparing this for a long time. It pulls out three of them. I'm like, oh, God, okay, what am I doing? And she, we prepared together. She did most, most of the work, for sure. We prepared for months and months and months for this special day so that we could remember that for the rest of our life because it was so important to us. He's saying, the king is saying, look, my food is ready. It's ready for you, and everything is ready. Everything is ready. The decorations, the place. Come on, come to the banquet. Urgency. So 
So if y'all don't know, this story is actually comparing this wedding banquet, the people, the king, is actually represents God. God is the king, and his son is Jesus. And the servants are the disciples that follow Jesus, and they've been going out and inviting people to come know Jesus, but the people have been rejecting him. Those are the religious leaders of the day. Those are the Pharisees. Those are actually his people. They have been rejecting him, and they said, no, I don't really want to come to the banquet. They said, no, this is a direct insult of the king, even though that he's prepared this huge, awesome place for them. They said no. This is what we can learn from these couple verses right here. That he, God, king, has prepared a place for us called heaven. Just like it's a wedding banquet, but there's this gonna be a place called heaven that's so much greater than that. He's done so much for us. It's prepared, everything is ready just for me and you. And John chapter 14 it actually says that he is preparing rooms for us. When I say us, those are people who have received the invitation to follow Jesus Christ. He says, come to the wedding banquet, but look at this, verse 5. But they paid no attention, and they went off. One to the field, another to his business. And Luke is, shares the same story in chapter 14, and they recorded it as they have better things to do, or really, they didn't care. Hey, sorry, king. Sorry, God. Um, I don't really care about what you're planning. I'm going to go off. I'm going to go to the field and go do my thing. I got some business to take care of. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would they not accept the invitation if he has planned all this stuff? for them. You know, maybe they thought the wedding banquet would go a couple days, or ah, I'll do it later. Maybe they didn't like the food, I don't know. But I really think what's going on here is they were so focused on themselves, they said, no, I have an agenda to get to. I have some work that I have to do. I have some business to take care of, and I can't go to the ceremony. I can't go to the wedding. Let's pause real quick. How many times do we in life say, ah, God, you know what? Ooh, I'm kind of busy today. You know what? I'll just, I'll just talk to you later. How many times do we go, oh, God, you know what? Oh, man, I got to go work out today, man. I don't have enough time for you. Is this us today? Do sometimes we pay little or no attention to God because of what we have going on on our plate, for what we have going on on our schedule that day? Examine your life. I think sometimes we just need to slow down a little bit, take a deep breath and just listen. Listen to what he is saying to you. Because I think sometimes we get so focused on me, 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 us, 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 that we want to make sure that we get everything done in our schedule. Yeah, God, yeah, well, I'll, I'll go to church Wednesday. I'll go to church Sunday. It's not about us. Verse 6, the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. 
So not only did they reject his invitation, not only did he say, oh yeah, sorry, I'm too busy for you, I gotta go work. He said, he actually killed the servants. And the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. The king did, because they rejected the invitation. They actually murdered the people who sent out the invitations. Here's the truth. Please listen up. Look at this carefully. Anyone who rejects the invitation of Jesus Christ will be held accountable. There's a true place called heaven and a true place called hell. And if you do not believe in Jesus and you do not follow Jesus, they are the true place that will be a place of separation from God and a separation from Jesus for all eternity called hell. And this is what this represents. You will face accountability. Verse 8, then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited to not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone that you find. So he sent out some new servants. He said, the wedding banquet is ready, but those who I've already invited, they didn't want to come. They not only rejected it, but they also killed them. He says, so go to the street corners. When I think of street corners, I think of streets. I think of the, the nat, like bad places. Go to the streets and invite some people to go hear about Jesus. Go to the streets and tell them to go to the wedding banquet. Someone said, hey, go to the streets. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to be packing, you know what I'm saying? Just in case someone comes up on me. I got to have something, nunchucks, something like, just get ready. But this comforts me. Why? Why do I say that? Why do I say it comforts me? Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone that you can find. Here's the truth right here is God invites anybody, everybody, to have a personal relationship with his son. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, good, bad, ugly, whatever. Everyone has an opportunity to accept this invitation. So I look at my life, I'm like, whoa, God, thank you so much for inviting me to come know you. I've done so much stuff in the past. Thank you. Everyone has an invitation. This should also encourage us to, to go out to the streets, go out to everywhere to tell people about Jesus because he has truly saved us. He has truly made a place for us. He has truly, God has sent his son, one and only, Jesus Christ to this earth so that we could know him. So why are we not going to the streets and telling people about him? Because this place in, is heaven, is real. This place called hell is real. And this man, fully man, fully God, Jesus is real. And if you really believe in him, we should be going to the streets to telling people about him. So the servants went out into these streets and they gathered all the people that they could find, the bad as well as the good. See that all people. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. 
Finally, people are all in there. This represents the Gentiles. The Israelites, his own people, rejected him, but the Gentiles, who technically are pagans, they now got the invite, so everyone is invited to this banquet, and they actually came. Verse 11, but when the king came in to see his guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Whoa, there's somebody looking right, bro. You ever been somewhere you're just like not dressed appropriately? Me. That's why every time I leave the house, babe, does it look good? Like, yay, nay, just pick something out. So the king sees him. He's not wearing the right clothes. And he asks, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. A couple things that we can see here. At the banquet, the king's presence is there. God is there in heaven dwelling among us if you believe in his son Jesus. Come on. That is great news. But also he sees someone not wearing the right clothing. And here the wedding clothes actually represents fruit, actually represents righteousness. And he did not have that on. If you truly have accepted the invitation of Jesus Christ, your life should reflect what you believe. And this guy did not have those clothes on, so he said he believed, he said he had accepted the invitation, but truly he was just there trying to hang out for the party. He was just there trying to get fire insurance. He was just there to get the things that God has given his people of those who believed in him. But truly, he did not know God. He did not know his son, Jesus Christ. He claimed to know Jesus, but he didn't. And it says the man was speechless. When someone is speechless, usually that's a sign of guilt. That's a sign of, oh, I did something wrong. Someone asks you a question and you're just like, silent? Yeah, you, you're probably in the wrong. This guy was in the wrong. Because he knew he did not really accept the invitation. He was just there. And look what happens to him. Verse 12, verse 13. Then the king told his attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because he truly didn't accept his invitation, because he truly didn't know him, he was thrown outside the wedding banquet. It says weeping of gnashing of teeth. This is describing hell, separation away from God. Because this guy was faking it. He was faking it. He said, yeah, I believe in you, but his life was not reflecting of that. What does your life look like? If anyone walked up to you today and they just judged you by your actions, what would they say about you? Would they say, wow, I know that that person believes in Jesus. Wow, that person is on fire for him. Or they say, man, what they say that they're a Christian they say they believe in Jesus but shoot he does the same stuff that my friend does and 
he doesn't believe in him at all. Does your life reflect what you believe? And if it doesn't, then I would question what you really believe in. If you really believe in something, if you really believe in Jesus Christ, your life should reflect that and there should be fruit from that. So I ask you, I beg you, look at your life. Is there fruit from that? Is God changing you? Are you wanting to go to the streets? Are you wanting to go talk to other people about him? Are you being changed daily? Is your life reflecting that? If not, you need to rethink what you believe to even know, even think if you believe in Jesus at all. It says, for many are invited, verse 14, but few are chosen. Everyone's invited, but few are chosen. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be chosen. At the end of my life, I want God to say, very well, my good and faithful servant. Not because of all the cool things that I did, because I accepted the invitation of Jesus Christ. I said, Jesus, come into my life and save me. And once you do that, if you really did that, your life should be dramatically different than before. And maybe you're sitting here right now, maybe you accepted Christ a long time ago. You're like, man, I'm just not living right. I know I accepted him. That's okay. Hey, I want you to get back at it. How you do that? Ask God to forgive you and just look towards him. But maybe you've never accepted that invitation. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I want you to control my life forever. And if not, I want you to have that opportunity right now. With every heads down and